This teaching comes to you from the team at St Mark's, Darling Point, Sydney. We hope that it blesses you. Good morning and welcome to church. Well, today is Vision Sunday when we, look, when we look forward to how we're going to be continuing God's mission in the world in 2023. But instead of focusing first on our vision, it's so important for us to focus on the vision of God. And uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to read a little bit from Revelation chapter 4, which has a vision of God, and Revelation is full of symbolic and exciting language that pulls back the curtain on reality so we can see God's place in the world. And the vision begins with a picture of God seated on a throne in heaven, and it continues like this. You can feel free just to listen. You can close your eyes to picture it. Do what you like. Hear these words of Revelation 4. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, and the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is, and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, And by your will they were created and have their being. The vision of Revelation is that God is praised and worshipped by all his creation. His creation, its creatures, and especially its people. Well, if I could gain your attention once again, uh, just repeat Tim's welcome and welcome anyone who's uh, new or visiting. You've come on our Vision Sunday where we think about where we've come as a church and where we're going in 2023. But you're welcome to share in that uh, if you're new with us or visiting today. Of course, um, we'd love to have your prayers and thoughts as we do that as well. But I want to particularly point you to this Vision 23 uh, booklet. And uh, just to give you a quick sort of introduction to it, we've reduced this booklet so that we can reflect together on where we've come, where we are, and where we're going to go as a church family here at St Mark's. The message is that God has been, continues to be, very kind to us here at St. Mark's. Through the COVID years, the difficult years of the last, of 2020, what was it? 2020, 2021, at the beginning of 2022, uh, he's preserved us marvellously as a community. Um, Yeah, if you haven't got one of these, by the way, there's plenty in the foyer. And so we've got a looking back section which just gives us a snapshot of where we come from and what things are like now. We should not forget to include in our thinking about that the marvellous personal testimonies that we heard, testimonies that we heard at the St Mark's conference 
and that we heard at Hoy's baptism last week. If you missed that, it's on the YouTube clip from uh, film from last week. Um, that was just an extraordinary testimony to the work that God does in amongst his people and in individual lives. That's going on. Um, this past year, we wanted to go deeper in our faith by going deeper into the word. There's been many stories of spiritual growth. We've become a much more biblically knowledgeable church. But what's coming up? Well, after a process of consultation and conversation over the last three or four months, we've decided three things. Community, witness and leadership. Community, witness and leadership. We want to grow as God's people as a community of God's people, to be more confident and capable in witnessing to Jesus Christ and to see more lay people leading our community, leading in and leading our community. Now, I'm not going to mention the leadership aspect in the sermon, but I will talk about the other two there. But I want to give a quick explanation of that. One of the great blessings that God has given us here at St Mark's as a church is the number of gifted and faithful members that we have. We've been extraordinarily blessed in that regard. We want to make more space for leadership in our church and to develop and train our wonderful leaders. So I ask, could that be you? Could that be you? And I'd love you to prayerfully consider how you might grow in your leadership in our community over the next 12 months. Now, we'll be doing a lot of other things too, but we'll focus on these three, community, witness and leadership. We'll be programming some courses and events and activities to match these, and we'll be calibrating our existing courses and events and activities to match these themes. And we'll be reflecting on these as we go along. But it's not about programs. It's about culture. You don't have to wait to get started on these things. What I want you to do, what I believe God is calling us to do, is to prayerfully consider how you might take a part, make a start as a part of our community, as a witness to Christ, and as a person with gifts that God has blessed you with for the purposes of growing his people here. Well, before we have the word of God read, let me lead us in prayer in the collective today. Eternal God, the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Keep us awake and alert, watching for your kingdom, so that when Christ the Bridegroom comes, we may go out joyfully to meet him and with him into the marriage feast that you have prepared for us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I invite Ben to come and read the Bible. The first reading is taken from Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Hear the word of the Lord. 
The second reading is from 1 Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 to the first part of 18. Finally, all of you be, the like, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who, who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere the Lord, the Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who seek maliciously against your, who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for, for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Hear the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for your holy scriptures, their, their precepts, promises, directions, and their light. In them may we learn of Christ, grasp his truth, and have grace to follow in his steps. Amen. Please uh, do take a seat. Now, at the end of 2022, almost the end, you may be forgiven for asking, is the light of Christianity fading? Is Jesus passing into irrelevance and obscurity in modern Australia? Certainly many pundits and experts, so-called, seem to think so. And I've got to say, the data is not encouraging. For the first time since 1901, the number of Australians who said they were Christian fell below 50% in the census. They got down, in fact, we got down all the way to 44%. The number of people who say they have no religion climbed to 39%, way bigger than any of the individual Christian denominations. Just to put some, make this really sharp, we Anglicans in five years lost, guess how many people? 600,000 people who said they were Anglican in 2016 no longer said it in 2021. We meet in old buildings and many of us... Thank you for answering. <laughs> ...are ourselves old. Now these 
numbers are our average age is not is 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 high. These numbers are roughly true for our local area in Darling Point and Double Bay. We find that there are slightly more Anglicans than the national average and slightly more religious people than the rest of the country. But in the Paddington area, just over the road, a whopping 48% of people ticked the no religion box. Another 6% said that they didn't want to answer the question. But perhaps more seriously than that, you may have felt at times a growing hostility towards Christianity, a growing contempt for Christians and for the Christian church. Whereas only a few dec decades ago, to be morally good was to be Christian, and to be Christian was to be morally good. Many people don't make that equation so easily anymore, rightly or wrongly. The churches have been associated with the troubled past of our country and with the scandals of institutional abuse. We know this full well. Recently, we've been treated to the spectacle of a man being hounded out of his job after less than 24 hours in it because the media and a prominent politician found simply his church affiliation objectionable. Was he part of some weird chicken sacrificing sect? He was an Anglican. He went to an Anglican church, part of the same denomination we are part of. How does that make you feel? Now, I admit I'm a bit tempted to feel sad and anxious. I'm sad because I know what great news the news of Jesus Christ is. And I'm sad that people just aren't getting it. I'm sad because the signs are that our community needs Jesus Christ more than ever. They may be happily secular, but being secular does not make them happy. And the stats are proving this. The evidence is there. There is a great feeling of lostness in our community. We are living through a time of unparalleled loneliness, especially amongst the young, would you believe, and growing concern about things that seem just out of our control, whether that be the global political situation, the environment, or the economy. Well, we know that the interest rates are rising and uh, inflation with it. What will happen in the next 12 months. I'm sad about that. I'm sad that people don't see Jesus as the answer. But I'm also tempted to feel anxious because I don't like being thought of as the bad guy. That's not in my nature. I hope you've worked that out. I didn't sign up when I became a Christian for being the bad guy, for being different and weird and a bit socially awkward. I'm a conformist. I'm an eldest child. I don't like the idea that as a Christian, I'm treated a bit like a vegetarian at a barbecue. <laughs> We're not persecuted as Christians here as we are in other countries, but anti-religious bullying is on the rise in Australia, according to a recent study. Make no mistake, who needs the drama in their life? Like the hobbits, I just want a quiet life. Don't you? I just want to get on with it, worship my Lord, and be left in peace. So what will we do? Well, how will we respond to this situation? Well, one thing we could do is to bunker down, is to form what they call in technical terms a holy huddle. We could keep quiet about our faith, even become anonymous as Christians. 
We could keep things to ourselves and become a little bit like a secret society, develop perhaps a secret handshake or nod or something, or develop an exclusive membership, private membership list. Perhaps that would be the safest way through the dangerous times, to become anonymous and uh, silent as Christians. But like the hobbits, we are being called to an adventure that's far bigger than us. Did you see what Jesus said in the first reading? He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, he says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds. And what result? Glorify that they may glorify God. There's nothing anonymous and private about this, is there? It's certainly not flying under the radar. Let your light shine, says Jesus. And we may say to him, well, thanks very much. Yes, but how am I going to do this? This is quite a scary option for us, increasingly so. I'd, am I really in for this? Now, we will mean, we'll, we'll talk about what this means for us in just a little while. But first of all, I want to talk about what Jesus has done and is doing in the world because it's because of what he has done and is doing in the world that we can stand in his light and become the light of the world. We heard, we've been hearing recently from John chapter 8 where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And his light is not at all fading despite what the census figure might say. His light is not affected by rising fuel prices or by running out of batteries. John tells us that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus shines with an unquenchable light. You cannot, he has no dimmer switch. You cannot turn it down. He continues to shine. Now, when Jesus said this, he was reminding the people, his disciples, of how the Lord God had led the Israelites out of Egypt all those years ago with a mighty pillar of fire. Remember that story. Now, this light was a light that both gathered them and pointed the way. This light was a rallying point. They became a people as they gathered together around that light. It showed them where to be a people and how to be together. By the guidance of that light, they ate the food that God gave them to survive and drank his drink. Around that light, they learnt how to live with one another. But also that light was a great beacon. It guided them the way to go. It was a light to their paths. The light ahead of them was a great sign that God was with them. When Jesus calls himself the light of the world, he too is saying, gather around me. And he's also saying, I'm pointing you to the Father. If you come here, you will meet my Father. I am a sign that points to the Father. He gathers around himself a community of people. Jesus becomes our light by dying on the cross for the forgiveness of sins and rising again to new life shining his light in our darkness and leading us out of captivity, the captivity of sin and death. We've been hearing about this from the epistle to the Romans in uh, recent weeks, of course, this release from captivity to sin and death that we have in Jesus because of his death. And there on the cross, he makes atonement for us by his death, liberating us from the stranglehold of sin and defeating even death 
itself. Jesus is very much alive. That unquenchable light still shines. And in him, when we gather with him, around him, we find his Father who is in heaven. When we come to Jesus as the light of the world, and as we step into the light, we find that there are other people there too, that he's gathered together a community. This light is a sign pointing to God's salvation. And this light is a gathering together of a people. The light gathers and the light points. I was thinking about this uh, just uh, during the 8 o'clock service and how our building makes the same point. Uh, the best church buildings, you can call them sermons in stone. And this building is exactly that. It shows us that we are a gathered people and also that as a gathered people, we point somewhere. Uh, we have here a room in which people gather. That's what a church building is. It's a place for the people of God to gather. And yet, the architect of our building put a spire on it that points up, up. It points somewhere else, doesn't it? It points to God. It reminds us that we are meant to be a gathered people who are a sign pointing to God. In another way of putting it, we are the light of the world. And this is what Jesus means when he calls us he, the light of the world, of course, he calls us the light of the world. We are being called to reflect the light of Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father. Our light, the light we are called to unleash, is really his light shining in us and through us. We've been gathered by God by, to become a great sign of his presence to the world in Jesus Christ. A light shining in the darkness. Paul puts it this way in Philippians 2, one of my favorite books and a favorite verse in a favorite book. He says there, Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a crooked and perverse generation, in which you shine as lights in the world, as you hold forth the word of life. Now, not just to be sort of morally pure in a kind of abstract and individual way. You notice that he starts with don't do complaining and arguing because he means as you live together, your life together will be a shining that points to God, a light in the world. And then you'll hold out the word of life. That's why we say in the baptism service, if you were here at Hoy's baptism last week, you will have heard us say to her, God has brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, we say, shine as a light in the world to the glory of God the Father. And we shine with the same purpose with which Jesus shines, to gather and to point. And this is where I want to introduce you or to point you to two of what we are calling our strategic priorities as a church for 2023. You might like to open that booklet now and just um, be browsing through it. Now, over the last few months, as I said earlier, we've been through a process of consultation and collaboration. We've invited your thoughts on a survey. We've spent time as a parish council in discussion and as a staff team on retreat. Most importantly, we've also been trying to listen to what God might be saying to us as a church community right now. In the midst of what it is to be in 2022 and now 2023 in Sydney, Australia. What we, need to, what we need to do is to gather together and point to Christ. And we've called these two priorities community and witness. 
So firstly, I want to talk to you about community. It's really, it's really strongly evident that whenever we ask, uh, whenever we survey or discuss this issue, what should we be doing in 2023 with, uh, with you, the congregation of St. Mark's, that we as a church are feeling called by God to grow in the breadth and depth of our relationships. Whenever we ask this, this answer comes back. As a church, we enjoy being together. We enjoy sharing in hospitality. We enjoy receiving hospitality and practicing hospitality. We feel called to know people across generations. We want to know more people and to know them better. I believe this is very strong evidence of the work of God's Holy Spirit here among us. The desire to be a stronger community is exactly what God's Holy Spirit does amongst the people of God. This is not simply a human desire to have more fun, although that's good. We've discovered something more. We've discovered the profound unity we have in Jesus Christ, and now we want to express it. We want to live it. And so what we want to do over the next year is exactly this. Grow in the breadth and depth of relationships, especially through eating together. It's one of the amazing things in the New Testament, how much food is mentioned. <laughs> Jesus ate a lot with his disciples. And then all the way through the rest of the New Testament, the early church is seen as one of the fundamental things it does is eat. We eat together. We're going to hear next year about the practice of gospel hospitality. We want to create more opportunities to eat and connect. We want to raise up and support more connect groups that meet one with another. And we want to identify and encourage hospitality and connection. We want that to be a hallmark of us here. And this is where the second priority comes in, because it's deeply related to the first one, community. Secondly, witness, because our gathering together has a point to it. We create a gravity that brings people in as we meet together, as we live as the people of God, as we together follow Jesus. We become a great sign to the world of the love of God. Our love and our faith become, and our hope become contagious. The life we live together is one of the signs that God is present and at work here. Now, St. Mark's has a fairly strong presence in the community. Our spire can be seen for miles around. Our bells can be heard even further away than that, I believe. But can we say, as a people of God, we have the same presence? I've met people out in the community. It always dismays me to hear this. It's not always the case. But I meet people in the community who say, oh, yeah, I know some marks. I know exactly where that was. Elton John got married there, of course. Um, do you have services? Do you still have services? And I'm, I'm shocked. I say, you should come here on a Sunday. But we need to make sure that those, those people are rarer and rarer in our community. We've heard, we, each of us is called to witness to Jesus Christ in what we do and what we say. Many of us, however, express the desire to be better equipped to stand for Christ. Many of us are finding that quite difficult in the current environment. So that's what we're going to do in 2023. We heard this call from our reading from 1 Peter in verse 15 of chapter 3. Peter says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. My friend John Dixon, the author and uh, apologist and, uh, and evangelist, he says, uh, he captures this really well. He says, whatever you do in presenting, in witnessing to Christ, don't be mean and don't be dumb. 
Don't be mean, don't be dumb. So I've always taken that on as my mantra. You know, I, I, if, I can, if I can pass that bar, then I've done something, or I'm, I'm okay, right? Don't be mean. And put it more positively, be gracious and be informed. Be gracious and be gentle and be respectful, as Peter says here. Be ready to give an answer and do it with gentleness and respect. That's what we want to do in obedience to this particular command here. And so in 2023, we are planning to hear from two biblical books that help us with this task, from the book of Daniel and from the book of 1 Peter. We want to address some of the difficult questions that Christians face today, help each other in doing that. And we'll be running a course on equipping people to witness to Jesus in natural and achievable ways. And we'll be providing practical opportunities to witness to Christ. But as I said earlier, don't wait for the program. Don't have to wait for the year to tick over into 2023 and write a New Year's resolution. This isn't something either that the ministry team will do while everyone else watches. I've often said that uh, church is not like going to watch the swans where you sit in the stand while the team plays on the field. You have put your boots on and you're on the field. This is the participation uh, sport. We can start now growing our community and witnessing for Christ. And so I want to invite you to be open, to be open to this in four ways. To open your diary, to open your wallet, to open your heart, and to open your mouth. We can start all of these right now. So open your diary. We're all busy, busy people. We've got full and rich lives. It's extraordinary what we all try and cram into the only 24 hours we have each day. But we cannot grow as a community, which is what we really want to do, without a commitment to be with one another, without actually being together. Now, uh, to put this in some perspective, on average, a member of St Mark's attends church 43% of the time. So that's less than half the time. You can't be in community with people if you're not with them. If we want to grow in community, we need to lift that average. If we lift that average, I'm sure we'll grow in community. And we can do that right now. And we need to open our wallets or our purses. Now, it's by your kindness and generosity, your extraordinary kindness and generosity, that we keep the mission and ministry of St. Mark's going forward. But we could do so much more if we had the resources. We could be so much more brightly shining as a light in the world to the glory of God the Father. We had the resources to do it. We've been marvellously protected through the last couple of years, partly with government help, partly with your help. Perhaps there's some inflation and some rising interest rates and some difficulties coming. But we need to share in the burden together, share in the opportunity together, so that we can continue the vital work of Jesus Christ here on this corner of the world. So open your diary, open your wallet, but also open, more importantly, open your heart. Open your heart to one another so that we can be the community that God is calling us to be. Now, this is risky. One of the reasons that our society is increasingly lonely is that there's a sort of fear about this, a nervousness about other people. Now, John Paul Sartre once said that hell is other people. I get the feeling that that sentiment is being widely shared. It's always risky to be open to others. 
But God makes use of our hospitality and our welcome, our compassion and our comfort, our friendship and our desire to reconcile with one another. Hoy's testimony last week was of an extraordinary chain of welcomes that she received here at St. Mark, which meant that she welcomed Jesus into her life. That's what God does. That's how he does it. So open your heart. Open your heart to people who are like you, but also open your heart to people who sit across the usual social divides. And one of the really important ways for us to do this is across the divide, the barrier of age. We need to be open to those who are different in age from us because our society really pushes us apart so insistently. Open yourself to those who are single or partnered or in families, who have a different family situation to you. Don't just be inviting other couples around or other singles or other families, but invite people in different family situations, different stations of life. Invite people, be welcoming, be open to people from different ethnic backgrounds. That is one of the joys of Christian fellowship that we don't all come from the same place. Let's relish and delight in that. And open yourself to people who have different professions and interests than you. Let's not have the lawyers huddle over here and the teachers over here and the nurses over there, etc. <laughs> the retirees over here. Let's cross those divides in openness to one another, for that will be a sign to the world of what we really are. And lastly, Open your mouth. I don't mean to eat, although do do that, but open your mouth to invite someone to church or to a church event. And we'll be equipping each other to do this more effectively next year, to witness to Christ with our mouth, to identify as a Christian where we are in the family or in the workplace. But we can begin right now. The researchers tell us that about 37% of non-churchgoers would say yes to an invitation if only someone would ask them. I reckon that's more in this area. Now, as always, we've got a number of great events coming up over the Ad Advent and Christmas season that present easy opportunities for us. We've got the choir concert on the 27th of November. We've got the nativity play. We've got the lessons and carols, which is an extraordinary event. We've got beer and carols, and we've got just the Christmas season. All of those are great opportunities for us to invite people to hear the word of God, to come into the light that you yourself, that we ourselves stand in, so that they can find uh, life and light and healing in the name of Jesus Christ. So why not give it a go this year? Amen. Let's stand and ask God together as we sing the words and may the people praise you. Ask God to help us to be that light to the world so that the world might praise him. Let's stand. Yeah. 
closing prayer for the day. Let me say the first, the first part uh, in plain type and you join in in the bold type. Loving God, we thank you for hearing our prayers, feeding us with your word and encouraging us in our meeting together. Take us and use us to love and serve you and all people in the power of your spirit and in the name of your son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please do join us for morning tea around the back.
Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at www.stmarksdp.org to subscribe to our new episodes, browse more resources and find more information about the community of St Mark's.